All right. Good morning. So I didn't bring my Bible today, so I hope you can receive from me. So um, I left it in my backpack. I mean, it's here, but not here. Um, so um, just uh, was spice good or do we just need? Dang, you guys are insane. Um, or do we need to cancel it next year? No. Okay. So, ju- okay. So ladies, you guys had a good time. You're, um, I made sure I was the mature one of the group when you're, when you guys were gone and made sure that all of your, your husbands did safe things. Um, that, that's fake news. Um, <laughs> so I made sure that all of your husbands, um, Ed helped out too, you know, Ed helped out and made sure that all the men did safe things, mature things. And, you know, there was nothing that could harm us everywhere, anywhere in sight. So, um, yeah. I think you guys were a bad influence on my husband. I don't know. I just, we're, we're not going to get into that. I got a lot to <laughs> All right. Um, so we've been going through uh, our Valleys to Mountains series, and um, what did Sarah's preach on last week? I was just going to say, and I just went blank. What she spoke on? Um, what did you speak on? Please remind me. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, impossible situations. Um, so we've on moving circumstances, impossible situations. It's all the same, you know. You got to have faith for it. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, it's been a it's been a crazy morning. So, you know, when Sarah gave that word about the, that circumstance that you're dealing with, that you're going to go th- that you're going through, that God's breaking off. It was it was kind of funny. I was um, Sarah's like, you, "You got it this week?" I'm like, "Yeah," and uh, I got busy at work, and then uh, I was like, I had this little nugget in my head that I was talking to God about, and then I'm like, like. Friday, I had to be the mature one, and then I had to go to work Saturday. I'm like, God, I need, I need you to give me what you want me to speak on, and what we, I mean, I'm like, I know what we're going for, but you've got to give it to me. So um, he just started, uh, you know, downloading things into me yesterday, and I just started writing this out. And and the Valleys of Mountain series is great because there, there's there's places in our life where we, you know, it's like, okay. I'm going through this dry period. I'm going through this this dry time in my life, and I don't know what to do or where to go. And and God has a purpose in every situation. That from the moment you start to the, the top of the mountain, God has a, has a, a a moment for us there. Um, but what valleys do is they cause us to think about what we had, what we did, and what we used to do. They they cause us to reflect on who we are, because nobody wants to be in that valley place. We are like you know. If you're a kid, you always played King of the Mountain on top of the, the snow piles. And, you know, first one up there was great, and, but you were usually the first one down because somebody would shove you off the mountain. So we, in natural instinct in our, our human behavior, is to be here, not here. We don't want to ever be here. We always want to be here. And it's, it's contrary to how we even feel. It's like, I always want to be on top of everything. I want to be the, the number one at this. I want to be number one at that. I want to be the best at that. And it's a natural drive inside of us to, to do that. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Um, any of you? No? Okay, so it's just me. I'm messed up. Um, so what, what it causes us to do is that valley time causes reflection in, in our life. It causes us to think about where we are at. It causes us to, um, it gives us 
time and, and helps us to change how we view things and how we relate to things and how we're, we're talking with God. Um, it helps us to change the things that have, helped, that have caused us to stumble. Um, and what happens is, is when we're in that season, we, we reflect on where we're going. Because the valley is the easy is actually easy to go through. Because the valley isn't isn't a climb. It's just a, it's a lot of times the valley is just an easy walk through. Um, you know, if you look at valleys, normally there's a river in a valley. You don't have rivers in the mountain. You have rivers in the valley. So you've got supply there. The valley is a is a time of of refreshing. Sometimes sometimes it's a, a time of correction. Sometimes it's a time of rejuvenation. Because when we are in that valley we are getting um, equipped to go into the mountain. So valleys are always not bad, but they're, they can be a place of rest, uh, realignment, readjustment, heart change, um, just a time for you to be with God. Everybody needs to go through that time. Whether you're a leader, you're not a leader, whether you're, you're just born again, whether you've been born again for 30 years, there's times where we need to go through that valley to allow God to change something in us. Because if we don't, then the mountain's going to be harder than what it, it should be. So, but it's not a permanent stay. We cannot permanently stay in that valley. That valley is a season for us to get where we need to go, to, for us to realign, readjust, whatever, get equipped to go into the mountain. So when we go through that valley, we have to think, this is not permanent. This is not a place for me to rest permanently. It, it's that time where we... It's a short-lived time for us to go to the mountain. We always stay, excuse me, we always want mountain views because we can see the valley from there. Nobody ever goes to the mountains and goes to the valley and goes, yeah, we'll just stay here. They love looking at the mountain, but they want to go to the mountain to look down at the valley because the view from the valley is very limited, but the view from the mountain is, is expansive. So we always want to be there. We want to walk... But what happens is, is when we get there, we need, there, there's times where the valley is, is great and we get through the valley and we're, we're at a higher spot. But what we don't always realize is no matter what stage of life we're in, we're always in a valley because the valleys don't just stay at one thing. There's always a higher valley, but we're going up the mountain. So the valleys are, are always going to be there in our life because we always need um, a growth growth period in our life. We need a, a time for us to get closer with God. But what happens a lot of times is when we get to a certain level, then what happens is we look down and go, oh, I have a better view now than what I had. And we look at people in the valley and go, oh, look, they're in the valley. And we can get that mindset of, well, I'm glad I'm not there. <laughs> I'm be honest with you. Yeah, we, we get that way. Yeah. We look, I mean, Go through your life and look and say, you know, there's always been somebody that you've looked at and said, well, I'm glad I'm not in that situation. Yeah. It's true. We all do that in our natural humanness. We look at somebody and go, man, I'm just glad I'm not there. Or I'm glad I'm not there. And sometimes it's good because we're thankful because God has brought us from there. But what we need to realize is sometimes when we're at the top of the mountain, as we think, and we look down in the valley... that valley may be the mountain for that person at that moment. Because two months ago, two years ago, they were drowning. 
So we've got to quit in our, our humanness, look at and say, well, you know, that person's out in the valley. I'm just glad I'm not there because, you know, what? We're, we're allowing judgment to come into our hearts. And what we don't realize is that valley for that person who has come out of disaster and heartache and heartbreak, they, you know, 10 months ago, 12 months ago, they were drowning in the ocean and now they're in a valley going towards the mountains. And it's like, this is the mountain to me. It may not be perfect, but it's, it's where God has me and it's better than where, where my life was 10 months ago. But what you see is their valley sometimes can be their mountaintop. There's going to be people in our lives that are at different stages. They may, may never get to the level we're at. They may, may never be at the level we're at. But may, maybe that's their mountaintop. Maybe that's where God has them. So judgment has to be removed. We cannot give judgment because that may be their movement. That may be their, their, their pinnacle of where they are. Because everybody's mountains are different. Everybody's high places in life are different. We all have different stories. We all have different life experiences. And we can't look down from our spot and say, well, you know, look at them. They must not be spiritual enough for me. They must be. No, because what it does is it allows judgment to come into our hearts. Because you know what? How many years ago we were in that same spot? We may have been in that lower spot. And we we have to look at them. Um, and, and quit judging them. So I, I was doing, um, looking at elevation. So Hesperia is about 700 and some feet above sea level. Well, New Orleans is eight feet below sea level. They call it a soup bowl for a reason. So what we have to understand is, is this, is everybody's altitude is not the same as, as everybody else's. So that person who is in that valley below they may have been eight feet below sea level, and now they're 700 feet above sea level. So they were drowning one day, and now they're up in, in a safe place. But what happens is, is our, our altitude of where we're going is different for every person. We have different levels of our growth with God. And we have to, we have to be okay with that. We have to be okay with, with going through one step at a time, two steps at a time. Some people may j- take... You guys ever um, been on a, a staircase with somebody who likes to run up four or five stairs at a time and just kind of jump them? Some people are going to move like that. Some people are going to be one step at a time. Some people are going to be moving slower. And, and we have to look at them and encourage them on and say, oh, instead of, oh, look at them there. Oh, I can't believe they're, they're, they're three floor, floors below. God moves people in different ways. People move in different ways because of who they are. So that person that was drowning 10 months ago or 12 months ago is now like, I'm in a valley and I'm going to the hill of the Lord. I'm going to, to meet my God. Yeah. Moses lived in a palace. He had everything. He was second in command of Egypt. He had everything he could ever want. Had his own, you know, awesome house. He had everything he could ever need. And then he was brought low. He saw, he, God started working in his, in his life and he saw uh, an Egyptian beating an Israel, like, and, he, and he, he murdered that man and he fled. Moses went to the valley and had to tend sheep. Forty years he tended sheep. And so, that valley season for him was a training season. The same way it can be for us. Same way it can be as a rest season for us to realign and say, and then God says, go, now you're, you're healthy to go. 
he was, he was humbling Moses and, and bringing him to a point where he could teach Moses what he needed to know. And then what did he do? He brought him into the mountain. He, he went from the valley of tending sheep and, and realigning. And then God, with the burning bush, brought him into the mountain and said, Moses, now you're going to do my will. Now you're going to do what I've asked you to do. So Moses went from mountain to valley to mountain. And sometimes in our life, it feels that way. Sometimes it's like, man, I'm, this is awesome. And then the next week, it's like, this sucks. Uh, you know, it, it does. I mean, sometimes we're that way. But what happens is, is we try to forget the valley seasons in our life. We try to forget them because we don't want that. A lot of times, nobody wants to go and say, well, now I've got to realign, readjust, change my heart, do all these things. We want awesomeness all the time. That's all we, well, I, oh, I gotta redo. I gotta, God corrected me on this, and I gotta change this, and I gotta change that. I gotta stop yelling at people and swearing at people, and, you know, you know giving the one handed salute to drivers. You know, we, 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 want, we want constant upward moment, momentum. We don't wanna have to, to realign. It, it, you know, as humans, we just like, ugh can't change. You know, we turn into a five-year-old pouting because mom corrected us when, when God kind of slaps us on the back of the head and says, hey, pay attention. But the only way to get to the top of the mountain, the only way to get that view, the only way to get to where God has us is to go through that valley. It is to spend that time in the valley and, and, and allow God to, to change us, allow God to rearrange our, our priorities and our, and our heart in and to um, give us wisdom on what we need to do. The valley is what we would call a teachable moment in school um, or in the house. But we learn in the valley who God is, who God calls us to be, what he calls us to be, and who we are in him. Because at the top of the mountain, you're so busy worrying about the view and looking at the view we're not focused on what God has, who we are in God. We're more focused on what God has for us. And I think so many times we get, we get concerned about what God has for us instead of who he wants us to be. And we're like, oh, I want, I want to get to that view. I want to get to that view. I got to see over the cliff. I got to see over the top of the mountain. And God's like, no, I want you to go through the valley because the valley is the biggest part of the journey of, of getting to who you are so you can see that and enjoy that. But we want to rush through the valley season and go to the top of the mountain and go, okay, got to the top of the mountain, but I can't enjoy the view because you've never dealt with the things that you're supposed to deal with in the valley. So what I want to talk to you guys a little bit about is, is how you go through that valley season, how you go through that valley and, and what you're doing. So um, what is your attitude in the valley. So James 1, we all know this scripture. I'm going to read it to uh, you from the Passion Translation. And um, I love how he says this. He goes, fellow believers, when it seems though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. That valley season should be the greatest joy that you can experience. That rough patch, that, you know, when the kids are acting crazy because it's not my fault as a parent. And, and uh, when you're struggling, 
I'm sorry, I'm getting a phone call here and I'm going to turn that off. <laughs> sorry. Um, but when you're, when you're, the marriage is struggling, when your kids are misbehaving because you don't know why, when relationships seem horrible, James says, you can experience great joy when you go through that. When you're going through that valley, when it seems dark, you can experience great joy. When you're dealing with struggles that you don't know what to, how to deal with, you can experience great joy because God is going to help you through that. God is going to take care of you through that. So he says, you can experience the greatest joy that you can, for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you and you can endure all things. And then when your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until that nothing is missing and nothing is lacking. So when you're going, if you guys have ever watched any kind of mountain climbing um, show or anything like that or a documentary, you watch the guys who go to these uh, Everest in, in, in Switzerland when they're climbing mountains. They don't just, you know, put a t-shirt on and, and walk up the mountain and go, okay, I'm going mountain climbing. No, they train for months because they have to be able to adjust to the altitude. They have to have the proper tools and the proper, and the proper training to go up the mountain. So that valley season is not a walk in the park. It's a, a equipping and training time for us to be able to climb that mountain because that mountain isn't the easy part. Everybody wants the mountain but they, they, they view, but they don't want to take the trip up. They don't want to take that time to go up because the valleys, they go up, but they go up easily. So when you're in that valley, that's a time for you to be trained. That's a time for you to be equipped. That's a time for you to grow your character, grow your walk with God. So when you go up the mountain, you have the proper tools and equipment and the character to be at the top of the mountain. James says you can experience overflowing joy in bad times. That's, in our mind, that's hard to, you know, oh, a horrible situation, we have overflowing joy. But that just doesn't come. That has to be a choice. That has to be a choice to, to call out in the, the name of the Lord. That has to be a, a choice to call out on God and say, God, I'm going through a horrible time, but I need overflowing joy in my life. This, this situation looks like it's horrible. Life sucks right now. Everything is chaotic. It, it's a mess. But I can experience overflowing joy in my life. When all seems dark, light shows up. Joy shows up. So when we're walking through that valley and it's like, oh, this life hurts. Thinking hurts. Talking hurts. Having relationships with people hurts. You can have overflowing joy in those situations so that when, you're going, when you come out of there, you're like, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Because joy has a, has a tendency to change how we think about the situations that we're going through. Because when, it's all, when it seems hopeless, joy says, you know what? No. You know what joy does? Is when joy comes into our life, it increases our faith. And we're like, no, this isn't going to end this way. God has something greater for me. Because joy creates something in us that, that starts to build our hope. And then when hope holds, holds on to God, it cre- increases our faith. So, 
James is saying we can experience overflowing joy not when we're over the situation. Oh, if the situation's over, I have so much joy now that the situation is over. No, he's saying we need to be able to go through that situation with joy. I'm going to say that's hard sometimes. It's hard sometimes when you're going through something, you're like, yeah, I want, you, know, you want to say something to somebody, and it's like, I want, you're like, God, I don't want joy right now. I just want you to, I just want to say some, a few things to somebody. It's true, though. We, we're in our humanness. We want, we want to tell people what, what it should be and how it should be. But instead, we need to say, you know, God, you're going to give me joy and you're going to give me peace. And you're, it's, going to give, it's going to build up my hope and my faith that God is going to bring me through this. So we can't look down at that valley and go, oh, look at that person down there. They're in that third valley down. I can't believe they're in there. We have to, you don't know what hope they have, what joy they have that they're going there because the joy that's in them is the joy of the Lord. And it says it'll be their strength. So when that person is down 10,000 feet below you and you're looking down and go, oh, well, whatever. That's their mountaintop at that moment. God changes our mountaintops. We think, oh, this is going to be the highest I'll ever go. And God's like, oh, by the way, yeah, that's how you think it's going to be. Because you're at your, your top right now, but there's a, what you don't see is there's going to be another valley and then you're going to go higher. And then there's going to be another valley and you're going to go higher because he's taking us and he's molding us and he's shaping us and he's, he's refining us. Because gold isn't always pure. If you, if you look at any precious metal, it's never really pure. It always has to be refined. It has to, to burn out the, the, the slag and the, the, the little fo- uh, bits of stone and stuff like that. So what is your attitude in that valley? What are you going to do when you're in that valley? Those dry places, that trial, what are you going to do? What are you going to um, start to say? What's going to come out of your mouth when you're going through that time? So when that trial comes, that dry place, what is your tone, your demeanor, and your words? Um, I heard this from somebody I don't remember, but they said your attitude determines your altitude. So the, the way you go through things and the way that you, your attitude is, is going to determine how high you go. Because in our, in our you know, immaturity, a lot of times we sit in the valley and we stomp around, oh, I can't believe you put me in here, I don't want to be here. It's like, I want, I want the best. But the valley is the best at that moment because it's the best for us. Not what we want, not our will, His will for us is to grow. Fifteen years ago, I couldn't do this because I wasn't there. Because God had to grow me, had to mold me, had to shape me, had to give me wisdom in areas that I could do. Fifteen years ago, uh, it's a mess. Five years ago, a lot better. This year, even better. Next year, even better. Because He's growing us in our character, in our understanding of who He is, what He says about us, our, 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 our value and our worth to Him in those valley seasons so that when we go to the mountain, we know who we are. We know that we can climb that hill. We know we can make it to the top. And we're not like, well, I hope I can do it. I hope it happens. I hope this happens. No, it's, we, when we get out of the valley, when we come to that starting point of the mountain, we're like, you know what? No, I know I can do this because I've spent this time with him and he calls me this and he says I am this and he says I can do this. 
And then he says, okay, now it's time for you to climb because the climb is the hardest part. The climb is the hardest part. And if you're not equipped to do it, you're never going to be able to do it. The guys who climb Everest, they, they wear oxygen because it is so thin that they can't breathe. And so what God does is when we're in that valley, he's training us to breathe in him and breathe him out. Breathe him in and breathe him out. It says that he is the breath in our lungs. So he's training us. He's training our bodies. He's training our minds. And Paul says, you know what? I get up daily and I crucify my flesh because what's happening in that valley is God's like, oh, by the way, you're going to have to crucify your flesh. Otherwise, you're going to be walking around the mountain. You're just going to stay in the valley. We have to die to self. We have to, we have to get up daily and say, you know what? It's not my will, but your will. It's not my, my flesh that runs me, but it is my spirit that runs me because my spirit is what interacts with God. My flesh has to come into submission in that valley so my spirit can make that climb. Because if our flesh is out of, is out of line and our spirit is, is submitting to our flesh, our flesh is going to climb and fail. But when our flesh comes into alignment with the spirit and what the word of God says and, and, our, and our relationship with God, our spirit is the one leading us into, is the one um, allowing us to make that climb. Our flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. So New Orleans is eight feet underwater. Not underwater, but it's below sea level. I and mean, a lot of times it is underwater. But um, Hesperia is 748 feet above sea level. So that, that doesn't seem like a lot, but it is a lot. But what happens is, is sometimes we get comfortable in the flatlands. Sometimes we get comfortable in the valley. Sometimes we get comfortable walking through the easy moments of life and we forget who God is and we forget what he's asked us to do because the valleys are easy because most of the valleys, when you're in valleys, they have winding rivers and they have, um, uh, they're usually green and they're, and they're going to be t- times where, um, if you look at David, David didn't say he leads me up in the mountain and he, no, he said he leads me by still waters and he restores my soul because the valley is that time where God restores our soul and he's, he's healing us and that's, but don't get comfortable in that. Don't, don't stay in that, that, that valley of easiness. Don't stay in that valley of comfort. That flat area, that, that easy walking um, is, can be dangerous because we get so comfortable, we, we lose sight of who he is. And it's like, oh yeah, God took care of me. We just keep walking, we keep walking. We go, yep, God took care of me. And we forget who he is. We forget what he's done. We forget that the joy that he's brought us through, the joy that can be in our lives, and we get comfortable doing it. So, uh, I'm going to butcher the name on this, but uh, La Rinconda, Peru, is 16,830 feet above sea level. We are 748 feet above sea level right now. So, when you start in that valley... A lot of times it feels like you're eight feet below sea level and if anything shakes, you're going to drown. If anything moves, if anything breaks, it's like, oh crap, where's my life jacket? I need something or I hope somebody comes by with some floaties or a, a boat because I need it. And there's times where we're like, okay, only thing I can keep is my head and my, my mouth and my nose above water. But there's, there's, a, there's a purpose for that. There's a time for that. 
And it may not, because it's not that God wants us there, but we can learn something from that. And there's a time for us to, to allow God, and like when he said, Peter, step out of the boat. He's like, okay, I'll do it. And he steps out. And what happens is he stepped out and he started to walk to Jesus. But then it says, what, what does it say in the Bible? It says he looked left and right and he saw the waves. And then he started to sink. He, he focused on Jesus. But then when he looked left and he looked right and he saw the waves. If you guys have ever seen a storm, uh, they call it the Gales of November in Michigan, on Lake Michigan and, and all the lakes. And these waves are 20 feet tall sometimes. And they, they, we, they sink ships quickly. I, I just I, when I think of that scripture, I always think of, of November in Michigan on the lakes, and I always see those giant waves because the storm says it was coming over the uh, Sea of Galilee. And, and he's stepping out into the boat, and he's like, "Okay, I see Jesus, and, and I know he's there. I can go to him." And, and we start out that way. We start out, man, God is so good, and I can go to him. And then a couple steps into it, we're like, "Oh no, now I'm eight feet below sea level," and I'm like, "Okay." The only thing that's up is our hands and our nose and our mouth because we're trying to stay above water. And then God reaches down and he pulls us up. It it, it reminds me of of salvation when I read that scripture because we were drowning in our sin. We were lost and we were hopeless, but Jesus reaches down and goes, come here, I got you. And it's not one of those, here, take my hand. He grabs you like this and he's pulling you out of that water. You ever had, any parent knows this, your kid fell in the water, you're sitting there and they, you know, whether they fell off the dock or they're in the water and they fall face first, you just snatch them right up and you're just like, I got them. You you grab them. It's not, you know, when your kids falls out of the stroller into the pier, you don't just, you you don't just, oh, uh, come here, come here. You know, you jump in and you grab them. You grab them up. You're not just like, oh, I hope he makes it to shore. You jump in and you reach your hand out and you grab them and you pull them up. I remember my kids when they were little, we'd give them baths and every night, you know, when they're real little, they just kind of fall over and, and, and stuff. They would fall over and you just grab them up real quick. It, you know, everybody thinks, oh, Jesus, he just reached out and grabbed, grabbed Peter by the, the, the finger and just pulled him up. No, he, he reached down and he pulled him up because that's the power of God to grab us and pull us up out of, out of the depths of hopelessness and despair. And he brings us up. That's getting away. So when Jesus pulls us up, he pulls us up into solid land. And we're like, oh man, I am glad I'm through that. I'm glad that this, this drowning, this hopeless situation is over with. And then we forget about it. We just continue to walk. And it's like, man, we forget what God has done for us sometimes. But what happens is, is when, we, when we try to go to that elevation of 16,000 feet and we go through the valley and we're not prepared for it and we don't submit our lives to Christ and we don't submit ourselves and allow Him to change us, we get to that mountain and you're like, I'm not prepared to go here. The place God wants me to go, I'm not prepared to go there. I don't have the tools to, to go there. I don't have the endurance to go there. I don't have the uh, submission to go there. What God is teaching us through that valley, he's, he, it's called discipleship. It's called, it's called submission to his will. And so that when we get to the, the edge of where the mountain starts to go up, we can say, you know what? I've submitted myself to Christ. He's equipped me to do what I need to do, and I know how to do it. 
My question for you is, is how high do you want to go? Because God's mountain doesn't stop. God's mountain doesn't, doesn't have a, a plateau. So how high do you want your life to go with him? How, how far do you want to go with God? You can, you can go limitless with God. Or you can stay in one spot the rest of your life. I mean, the children of Israel wandered around a mountain for 40 years. I mean, these 40 years, I'd get sick of it after about four days. God supplied them, but 40 years. Because they didn't have faith that God would take them into a land of promise. And that mountain is the land of promise for us. That next level is that land of promise for us because we submit ourselves to God. If the children of Israel had said, you know what, we're just going to go in and we're going to take the land. Two million people come out of Egypt and they're afraid to go into a land that God says, I'm giving it to you. Two million. Can you imagine watching two million come over a hill into your... Oh, yeah, I'm going to leave. I mean, they're like, oh, the Amorites and the Amalekites. I'm like, you know what? You're two million people. You walk over the hill, everybody shouts, and they're going to be like, yep, we're out of here. But fear will keep you in that valley. Fear will keep you from going, taking that, that next step with God. So don't wander through the valley for 40 years and going, why am I not going anywhere with God? Reassess, readjust, say, God, what, where do you, what do you need me to do? What in my life do I need to submit to you? What do I need to change in my life? Because it, it's, it's the next step with God. He's like, I, I have 10 steps ahead, 100 steps ahead of what you can even see. But when you readjust, realign, and submit to him, he starts to change the way you see and how you view things so you can go to that next step. So how high do you want to go with God? Where do you want to stay? Are you comfortable here? Are you too comfortable? Are you just ignoring him because it's comfortable? Where do you want to go? You know God, God has limitless for you. You can never learn enough about him. You can never learn enough about his character. You can never learn enough about his heart for you. So I can stay here. Oh, God loves me. Jesus loves me. This I know. Or you can say, you know what? I'm going to learn more about God. I'm going to start to act like his child. I'm going to start to learn what his, ch- his child acts like. I'm going to start to learn what a, a co-heir with the kingdom looks like. Look that up sometime. Find out what a co-heir of the kingdom, um, the requirements, and what it entails. It'll blow your mind. Start to do a study on that. Because God says, I want you to be a co-heir of the kingdom with me, not, well, Jesus loves me, this I know. He's like, yeah, you knew that from the moment you got born again. But there's more than Jesus loves me. The love of the Father is great, but he wants you to know the heart of the Father. Let's pray.